When you're pregnant, you start reading about the cost of having a baby. When you start reading about the cost of having a baby, you learn about the cost of sending that baby to college and immediately start saving all your money in a 529 plan. When you save all your money in a 529 plan, you save no money in your 401k, thinking your son will get a business degree from Harvard and take care of you in retirement. When you think your son will take care of you in retirement, he changes majors and gets a degree in jazz studies. When he gets a degree in jazz studies, he moves back home with you and you have to support him. When you have to support him, you don't get to retire. Don't be forced to work through retirement to support your jazz-loving adult son. Stop investing without a plan and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. There will be no jazz studies in the McKenzie household. I can tell you that much. That's, that's good to know. I love my kids, but, you know. That's a bold statement there, Jerry. If they won't, if they won't got... help with college, i got to draw a line somewhere. I'm not yeah. putting down jazz studies. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. Need, need yeah. something a little more income potential or else they're right. They, they, they will end up at my house forever. And it's that's, a crowded house. That's not your plan? <laughs> at some point, I do want to stop having, you know, 12 loads of laundry a week. Yeah. Um, 12 loads of laundry. If I'm lucky. There's a... Uh, there's a whole lot of kids at your house. Yeah, just a few. Yeah. It's never a dull moment, though. I'm sure. So, you know. I'm sure. You know what? Of, I love kids. They're a whole lot of fun. But I agree with you. Until they become teenagers, right? Yeah. I mean. Naturally. Well, even the teenagers. Are <laughs> All right. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Logan Daniel. And, uh, well, we've got... Uh, other things to talk about, so we just as well get going. Uh, got a situation here this week we want to talk about. David and Jody are about five years out from retirement. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that their late cycle economy, you know, I've talked about that sure. even today, uh, and almost uh, convinced that they'll get a 20% drop in the next year or two. Um, that's That might be a little conservative. Uh, their main concern is the uh, impending market downturn, so people are getting a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saw friends and family lose close to 50% of their retirement. I mean, the S&P 500 was down 52% in the last downturn, but I really believe you know that was that was something special. It doesn't come along very often. It's it's bigger than most. Um, so how do they go about positioning themselves? Uh, the best to weather what uh, the markets might bring in the next five to ten years. I can almost bet you you're going to talk something about a ten-year rule. How'd you know? I'm I'm a smart guy. Well, that well it's almost what always. we build the plans off yeah, of. Exactly. Right. And uh, Logan and I deal with this all the time, and has been even more so lately. I think you know David and Jody's situation here is quite common, given that you know a lot of people are concerned with where the markets and economy stands, and you know what happens next. If if I think we all here would agree that. Uh, you know that downturn is is certainly closer uh, or sooner rather than later at this point, and so you know the question is just when is that going to come, and and what changes should I make, if any, uh, to prepare for it, and and that can be different between different people. Uh, nonetheless, something Logan and I are, are seeing each day. I mean, we we were talking earlier about some folks that uh, are very similar here to David and Jody, and and are just trying to figure out. How do we? Because there's there's really two aspects, right? There's there's your aspect on the investment side, and, sure. and how do do I need to reallocate investments and rebalance my accounts? But also, what does that do to my retirement plan? And that's really where the 10-year rule comes in, uh, and and preparing because we don't what we don't want to have happen is you plan to retire, 
in 2008. So let's just say David and Jody here. It's 2003. They're saying five years, which is 2008. They don't know what 2008 holds, uh, but that's their plan. And so they get to 2008, and they're ready to retire. But then all of a sudden, not only are their investments worth half of what they were you know, the year prior, uh, but also they now are going to have to sell investments potentially in order to uh, get the money they need to live. And that's a very dangerous place. And so with regard to the 10-year rule, I mean, that's where that does come in. And, and maybe Logan can speak a little bit about uh, that. But that's that's how we would help to solve a situation like David and Jody's to make sure that they're not put in a, in a case like that. Yeah, so if you don't mind, I mean, we've thrown the, the, the name around a lot, 10-year rule. What exactly does that mean in your terms? Yeah, so to make it simple, I mean, basically the 10-year rule is any money you need within the next 10 years, we like to put in fixed income investments. And then in an ideal investment or ideal interest rate environment, we'll ladder out CDs. They'll come due each year that money's needed. So you can... In, in the list, amount that's needed. Yeah, in the amount right. you need for that year. And you can withstand a downturn in the market and yeah, it doesn't you don't have force to, sell. You to sell. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so in that you case, can avoid the volatility or avoid a, a long-term loss off of you know, not having to sell in a bad situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, to his point, if I've got laddered fixed income securities that are positioned properly and 08 does come along and, and I need liquidity from my portfolio, well, if I've got a security that's maturing that year to give me the liquidity, then while I, I don't want to see – the the stock market do what it did in 2008. Yeah, I don't too would. much care for purposes yeah. of of spending, right? right. Because that's covered. And, and this is an individualized, personalized kind of portfolio concept, right? Because it Definitely. takes into account any other income you might need or have. Uh, you know, so if you got an individual who's retiring, but they're going to have a, a pretty handsome retirement, or if they had some, I, I hate to say the word, but annuity, some whether it be uh, an annuity from an insurance company or some other type of uh, income uh, annuitized, meaning that you get a specific amount of money for a specific amount of time, mm-hmm. then you can actually you can actually um, plan around those expected income. Yeah. Social Security is another one of those, right? Yeah. It's Pensions. I mean, I mean they're not as common now, but I mean right. we take into account all the income sources and then build the portfolio around that. Right. And mm-hmm. not so. everyone has a pension, like mm-hmm. you said. You know, right. they're but not that, as common. That's a great point, actually, because people with pensions or other outside income sources, maybe for them, when talking about a 10-year rule, if they're going to have that when they retire and combine with Social Security and maybe some rental income, we've got clients that, that between those sources – don't mm-hmm. need a dime from their portfolio in retirement that early on. So what are you saying? Well, what to them, I mean, their 10-year rule tells us that while, you know what, being 100% invested in growth or equity investments might be a little bit risky, uh, it's certainly okay since you don't need liquidity from the portfolio, presumably, unless something unforeseen were to happen. And so, you know, you can it helps you sleep a little bit better to know I'm not going to have to sell those investments potentially at half their value uh, in order to get what I need to live. And so, you know, there there is that aspect of it. But, of course, then there's the other aspect with, okay, I'm good for the 10-year rule, but now what do I do with my investments? Because I am 100% in growth and I don't need it, Mm -hmm. so what do I do? Because we're getting a lot of questions from younger clients that, you know, the 10-year rule doesn't really yet apply much to them because they're going to be working for another 10 years at least, and therefore they've got income and and aren't going to be worried about withdrawing any money from their retirement portfolios. And so, you know, that that piece is kind of, you know, in place and okay uh, in good order, but, you know, the investments piece is always still the question of, 
Okay, like like you said earlier when kind of laying this case out, if if they expect a 20% drop in the next year or two, and you're saying that that's probably uh, a low number to some degree, then what what changes should I make to my retirement portfolio? Because I, I while my 10-year rule is in good order, I, I certainly don't want to remain this exposed to stocks if you're telling me they're about to drop that significantly. So w- what do we do here? And, you know, that's really yeah. where I bring in. Well, uh, there's a couple of things to, to add here. Um, number one, it's really difficult to time the market, especially if you don't sit and watch it all day. If you have a financial planner or, or a financial advisor that is helping you with that, uh, you're probably going to be ahead of the game uh, where you've got some money that you've paid to sit and look at the ticks on the on the board, <laughs> uh, look at the economy, which is really a, a better indicator of what might come next. Um, so if you don't have that, just know that uh, you're playing a game that's pretty tough to win. Sure. Um, and, you know, we've got lots of uh, data on timing and how well it works, which is not very well. Uh, there have been a lot of folks that have tried to stake their claim in, in markets by, by timing uh, or, or uh, I guess, discovering ways to time the market. Um, you know, they, they work to some degree until they don't. And uh, usually when they don't is at the absolute worst time. So now is not the time to go to cash? No, I'm, I, would, I would never advise somebody to go to cash. Uh, at the very least, you lose the, the uh, uh, you lose against inflation when you go to cash. So, you know, if you're not at least marking time with inflation, you're, you're losing, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, but there are ways that you could still stay exposed to equity markets and, and have less volatility. And usually what we look for there is uh, maybe overweights in, in utilities, uh, utility sector companies. Uh, folks usually don't just quit paying the light bill to the point where it hurts the utility company's earnings mm-hmm. uh, in a downturn. Many of those companies aren't huge because of the regulation. You know, they tend to be mid-cap type, type stocks. So uh, usually what you'll see is large-cap companies do better than small-cap companies over most sectors, but you don't find too many of them in utilities. So it's it's as much a sector allocation piece as anything. So uh, overweight utilities, maybe overweight um, Consumer staples, which are going to be the, the paper products and and uh, dish soap and things like that, and, you know, sure. you're going to have. They yeah, use regardless. Yeah, exactly. Of economic environment. Exactly. Yeah, right. you're not going to quit using your your uh, personal hygiene stuff. Sure. Because you know the market's struggling or the economy's struggling. So uh, go to those. Healthcare tends to be another one that's uh, you could overweight. Uh, things to underweight would be industrials, consumer discretionaries, financials. When you've got such a weird situation um, in the in the treasury yield curves I talked about earlier, uh, it's, it gets more difficult for a bank to make money. I talk about it quite often with the uh, uh, net interest margin being, you know, banks borrow short term uh, to lend long term. But when those short term rates are higher than the long term rate they might be able to get in the market, it makes it very difficult for them to be profitable. So, you know, those are the kind of companies that I would avoid. Um, overweight those that are going to do well no matter what. Underweight the others. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would advise you to add gold. Gold's a currency. It's hard. To, I mean, if you haven't traded a currency, it's really hard to, to make money. But, um, you know, or, or know when to, again, time right. that, that transition. Um, and if you just are really nervous, you might actually stop and think about, well, just – 
uh, is my portfolio set for my risk tolerances to begin with? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're an aggressive investor, you're not going to care as much that you lost 20% over a short stand, period of time. You're going to always assume that you're going to make it back. And, right. you know, long-term history, we've only seen two 10-year rolling periods since 1925 when equities uh, ended up after 10 years lower than they were when they started. Um, one of those was the, the recession we saw in 2008. So, you know, when you start at a, at a point where valuations are expensive in the market uh, and you, you wind up in a, a spot where they're falling, <clears throat> excuse me, falling very hard, that's the kind of time you see that. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> allocating to different asset classes is, is a good way. But even if you just want to stay in equities and, and move a little bit more toward the or the uh, slow growth dividend yeah. paying. You're just trying to be so more your, defensive. Your higher quality dividend. High quality. Yeah. High quality dividend stocks. That yeah. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep the volatility low. Preserve because really in the downturn it's about preserving, right? You're not looking for exactly which yeah. of these are going to make me the most money. It's you're probably still going to lose protect. some money, right? In equities in a downturn, even if you go that more conservative approach. But it's it's actually a relative game at that point, trying mm-hmm. to lose less than the overall market. But again, you have to be right twice. Yeah, you know, you got to be right on <laughs> when, when, to sell, when to get when to out buy. and when to get back in. So yep. you know, don't. I, I've, we've seen too many folks that have gone to cash back in 2007 or eight. Usually, it happens in 2009, way after the, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, when it's way too late, and then they'll stay out of the market for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. best growth is going to be off the bottom. Yeah. You need those rebounds. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, we we still recommend that you stay invested and let your professional investor help you through that the the advisor should be able to adjust your portfolio for you to get you a, a better than market return and that's what they look for yeah so in, in david and jody's case here we they should probably re, rebalance their portfolio to become a little maybe a lot more defensive than what they are but also start planning for those first few retirement years mm-hmm. and, and covering for liquidity yeah. uh, which is speaking to the 10-year rule just so that they don't end up in a, a 2008 scenario where gosh, we still want to retire, but we don't want to sell our investments at half their value and don't have the money to live off of. Right. Uh, so I would say, David and Jody, if you're nervous right now and you're not in a portfolio that's um, a little more conservative than the overall market, then you might want to consider that you're in the wrong portfolio to begin <laughs> with. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up with some more of your questions. Thanks for sticking around. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. 
Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.